Today at Mariners on Tap, we have Ty Gonzalez from Locked On Mariners. A lot of good conversations and a, a fun time. And we talked about some of our nightmares slash dream scenarios for playoffs, George, where we both got to experience the opposite. Absolutely. It was a fun conversation. And don't miss, he gave you one of the best bets you could possibly have coming up for Vegas. And it does involve the Mariners. And George gave you a potential parlay that could make it even, <laughs> even better. I, I don't even know if you're allowed to parlay those things. But if you are. <laughs> you want to make some money, listen to the pod. <laughs> well, uh, welcome in to Mariners on Tap. You can also find the podcast everywhere on all podcast networks. It's the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. We do Seahawks, Mariners, sometimes Huskies. You'll see which episode it is. It'll say the name of the team before it. And uh, check out, if this is on YouTube, check out the description. We have a Seahawks page, Huskies page, this Mariners page. Um, and uh, yeah, you listen to Mariners on Tap. Ty Gonzalez from Locked On. And uh, George, let's get this up, rolling. Man? You know what we like to say. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Let's do this. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. I'm Sammy, and with me, as always, is my older brother, George. Your favorite place to be a fan of Seattle sports. Now let's get this party started. Gino, are you ready? Are you ready? You're ready. All right, today we're welcomed in by Ty from Locked On Mariners. And uh, I know you also do Seahawks stuff too, right? Don't you also have a, a, a Seahawks podcast as well? So I'll let you introduce yourself, but I just wanted to give a quick intro. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I used to do more Seahawks stuff than I do now. I used to write over at Seahawk Maven, or now it's called uh, All Seahawks with Corbin Smith. Um, did that for oh, yeah. about two years over on the uh, Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation uh, networks. Um, now I'm just kind of more of a producer for uh, Matty F. Brown and Griffin Sturgeon's show, Seattle Overload. Uh, and obviously they do great stuff, uh, you know, a lot of film and all that it's great show so if uh you haven't checked it out if you haven't heard about it you should go check that out because they really get into the x's and o's of uh the seahawks and they know everything with what's going on with the seahawks so it's really cool stuff and they're diving into you know ryan grubb and mike mcdonald right now and it's it's pretty exciting yeah i've uh i've seen maddie f brown he's uh he has the british accent right yep yep yep. there's a lot of yeah yeah he's uh yep. in, doesn't he doesn't he work for a football team also like in in yeah. like a yeah so, I, I, like a coordinator or something right so adam dirty the new seahawks uh defensive coordinator he started his professional playing career for the london olympians who is the team that maddie is currently the defensive coordinator of come on oh, wow. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah that and, is cool and of, and of course you know pete uh really started to uh to take a liking to Maddie over the last like year and a half before, you know, Pete of course made his exit. Um, Cause Maddie went over there uh, to the Germany game uh, with the bucks. And he like asked Pete like a real football question. And Pete was like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then like every press conference from that point forward, it felt like Pete's like, where's Maddie? Or like Maddie would sometimes yeah. come in on zoom on the press conference. And he's like, Maddie, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he liked the like real football questions being broken yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. A lot of a small world, a lot of connections. <laughs> yeah. And now, yeah. now, now the defensive coordinators from that team too. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I love it. Well, let's get into some Mariners as well, of course. And uh, 
First and foremost, I'm just going to ask a quick question just to start this all off before we just break out open into just discussion. We're, we're pretty loose over here, so there'll be a lot of just talking, whatever comes to mind. But I want to start with kind of the question that everyone always likes to talk about, which is where what are your feelings right now and how do you feel about the offseason in total? Because I know there's there's a I feel like there's a pretty good split sometimes of people that are excited about it, thought it was really good. And some people that think Jerry's just handcuffed and it wasn't good enough, yada, yada. So I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in the middle uh, of those sides. Um, the sequence, you know, the offseason was obviously awful. You know, you start with that press <laughs> conference. We don't need to go over that again. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the Gino and Kelnick trades, obviously very bad, especially, you know, what was the driving force behind both of those deals. Now, I do think even if they had all the money in the world, they probably would have traded Kelnick and probably traded Gino still. Um, but the the way in which those trades specifically went down obviously not a not a great look um but what they did from that point forward and when you know you when it becomes abundantly clear that that jerry and, and justin uh, and the rest of that front office have been handcuffed by ownership and they haven't been given the the money that they thought they were going to be able to work with what they've been able to accomplish over the last few months especially after that kelnick trade i think is very impressive and i'm not really sure how they could have maneuvered it much better because when it's all said and done they got one of the top seven hitters on the free agent market and mitch garber they got feasibly the the best second baseman available this offseason on jorge polanco um which that's a very very tough market to acquire someone mm -hmm. in because of how limited uh, you know guys are there uh and then they they went out and got one of the best young relievers in all of baseball and gregory santos i thought that was an incredibly impressive trade uh and kind of an unexpected move right because that was before the deal was made and now obviously there's the context of the brash injury and stuff that's come out since but you know at the time you could have gone well the bullpen's really good like they mm -hmm. they're still capable of being you know top three top five unit but they could really use a third high leverage guy. And they decided, you know what? Let's go get that guy. Let's uh, let's just do it. So I thought that was really cool. And then they've made some other, you know, additions on the on the fringes, like Samad Taylor. I really like just to beef up the depth and push them further and further away from, you know, those those situations where you got to pluck someone out of thin air and hope that there's something that they've never really been like Mike Ford last year, or Jose Caballero. Yeah. They got very <laughs> fortunate with both of those guys. Right. But you don't want to find yourself in a similar position. So now, you know, they've pushed guys that would have otherwise been on their roster down into AAA where they're more, you know, depth roles uh, like Cade Marlowe, like Sam Haggerty, et cetera. And we've already seen the importance of that because if Luis Urias can't start the season uh, on the opening day roster, okay, I go to Sam Haggerty, or okay, I go to Samad Taylor, or okay, I go to Taylor Trammell, or, or Cade Marlowe, or whoever, right? So really like that. Obviously love, obviously love that Mitch Hanniger is back. That's awesome. Like, who, who It's good for vibes. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I think they could have used that, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, I think I think that was a that was a necessary move just from a pure clubhouse standpoint. And I think if Mitch is healthy, and that's a massive if, yeah. but if he stays, if. <laughs> yeah, massive if. But if he stays healthy, I think he can still play quite a bit. 
Um, and then Luke Rayleigh really loved that deal. I'm totally convinced that Jose Caballero is going to be like a three and a half, four win player when he gets to Tampa <laughs> Bay, but because that's just how it goes. And then the yeah. Rays just have crazy voodoo, especially, magic, but... especially in, in Tampa Bay, especially. Yeah. 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 The Rays yeah. just have weird voodoo magic. So like, I just, yeah. I totally expect that to happen. Uh, but I think Rayleigh is going to be a solid player for them too. I don't know if he's going to be the 170 WRC plus guy that he was in the first half this past year, but like, I think he's going to be a solid player. I really like what they've, they've done across the board. Yeah, like they, they've done a lot. My my one big concern, and I we should, I think we can all see how big of our concern level is here. With those bats we got, I mean, a lot of them have a big injury history. Yep. And yeah. we do not have the depth to really manage a big injury, like disaster, I guess, sure. without saying any words. So my concern is I do like those moves. Garver, uh, Raleigh, Rayleigh. Polanco, even Polanco doesn't have, and of course, Hanniger, we've all are pretty familiar with his injury history, but those four guys all have the ability to get, to not have availability, I guess sure, is the best way sure. to put it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, injury concern exists for everyone and for every team. Yeah. And for me, if it's between performance risk or injury risk, I'm probably taking injury risk, especially given what the what the Mariners' circumstances are, right? With the with yeah. the money and everything, like beggars can't be choosers, really, when it when it comes to this specific situation <laughs> that the front office has found themselves in. And look, with this roster, and obviously, there's a lot of skepticism about guys like Luis Urias, and I totally get it, totally understand that. But at the very least, you're not asking really anyone but Dom Canzone that's currently written in pen on this roster to be anything that they haven't been before. And recently, right? It's not like we're hoping and praying that Tommy Lastella can be as good as he was four years ago, right? We're not doing yeah. that. Because um, like even with Urias, right? It was only a year ago that he was a back-to-back two-win player, which is an everyday player by Fangraph standards. Right. So um so I don't think there's a lot of performance risk. Like if these guys can stay healthy, I think they're going to be at least a slightly above average offense. Yeah, which I is guess even, which, which is, is probably great a, with our pitching staff. Right, yeah. which, that's is, all which is which is yeah, which like I was gonna say is like that's probably good enough to go along yeah. with your pitching staff to win a lot of ball games, to compete mm-hmm. for the division, to do whatever you want, really. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, as long as you get to that point, right? Let's say the beginning of a the season, they do stay healthy. We're above average offense. Our pitching staff stays healthy and is really good. Our bullpen lives up to expectations and does really good. All of a sudden, you find yourself in July. Hey, we might be buyers at the deadline. I mean, at that point, then you really know what the team is. Because, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, this team probably can't doesn't have the hitting to win a World Series. And I, told, I actually agree with that. But can we do good enough when we reach July that, Hey, right. we're doing good enough to compete, and now we go get a piece and become a team hit with a good enough hitting to win a World Series. Yeah, exactly. Totally agreed. Yeah, and we have to consider the fact there. There is, I think, we're good enough, like you said, given the circumstances. Especially when you look at the fact that I, at first you said something that was really important for me. At first, I was kind of very anti the off season, right? Jerry Depoto's right. comments. It felt like, oh it's not just an ownership thing. This guy doesn't even like, I don't know. He's not, maybe he's not taking his job seriously enough or whatever it is. We know he does, but that's how it came across. But then, you know, it was new year's Eve, I believe when the Garver trade went down and the Garver deal went down. Sorry. And and then you started picking up some pieces and it looked a lot better. And I think everyone as a fan base did come to the realization that I think he's just doing the best he can with what he's given. And you made a great point, which is, 
I think it's better to have a like team that is good based on, if they stay healthy rather than let's just hope all these kids are really good and let's just hope they can be way better than they are and magically be a good baseball team. So <laughs> right, it's it's right. not like a they're not just throwing, you know, they're not just throwing blanks randomly left and right. They they're just hoping that if health can be a thing that goes our way this year, this team might be decently good enough to compete. And I think that's what's important and that's the best you can ask for I guess as a fan when you know that the that the owners have handcuffed the GM and right. <laughs> made it harder for them mm-hmm. to spend. I just think the the big question for me is at third base still because I just don't know how much I believe in it. Then again, you never know. A guy like Josh Rojas can kind of get back on track also. And Uarius, I, I always have trouble saying his name. I don't know why. Urias. Yeah. Urias. Yes. Sorry. I always say Uarius, but it's Urias. Uh, if he if he can get back to who he is, but there's just so many. You know, there's just a lot of question marks at that position. That's why I didn't like the Geno trade, especially. I know there's money involvement. Kind of like the the Kelnick trade too. All of them. There's always some salary dump stuff going on too. But and we probably I didn't like hot. the vibes too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Like, like I would say with the Geno trade, like we kind of sold high. I feel like on Geno. I mean, maybe the year before we would have sold higher on Geno, and it sucks because his vibes were so good, and I love Geno. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he strikes out a shit ton, and I think you know he's. If there was a graph, right, I think we've kind of seen the peak. I think he's going to start coming down. So we probably sold high on him, in, even though the fans don't want to hear that. Right. I mean, he, he was striking out a lot. And your third baseman slugging below 400 is kind of unacceptable. Right. Uh, That's an issue. Even though we love yeah. him, I think everyone loves yeah. him as, like, a character, right, in a clubhouse. Yeah, no, character. I love Gino. Like, I'm yeah, biased. Yeah. I'm biased. Like, I, I, like, even though that there are, like, glaring red flags, also the bat <laughs> speed went significantly <laughs> down, I've heard. Um, you know, I do think that, really, when it comes down to it, like I said earlier, I think even if they had all the money in the world, they still would have traded Gino, because I think that yeah. they, they think Gino's cooked, which yeah. I know a lot of people yeah. don't want to hear, but I, I think they truly think that he's kind of at his cliff now offensively and they don't think that he's going to be able to hit at T-Mobile Park moving forward mm-hmm. um but I love Gino right and Gino was yeah. still really good <laughs> defensively the, you know so like I'm I'm sad about it like I'm gonna miss the yeah. hell out of Gino and I hope that he does like I hope that he proves the mayor is wrong and he crushes it down in Arizona yeah, yeah. he yeah, he's same. definitely one of those guys that's very like emotion-based to like Mitch yeah. Hanniger, right once yeah, again, I'm, I'm happy about Mitch Haniger being back. I think it's amazing for the clubhouse, especially after losing Gino, leave losing Teal. Like I know, like you know, there's some good relationships in the clubhouse. There's a lot of things that Seawall leaving last year was a kind of a hurt to the clubhouse. So it's good to have Haniger back. But yeah. I would assume from the outside media, non-Mariners media, they would also see it as not as big of a deal as it is to sure. Mariners fans. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing probably for Gino. It's like for us it's a big deal losing him vibes wise and maybe emotionally as a fan. But when, you know, I think you made a great point that they probably would have traded him regardless because it was maybe time to move on or they saw that it was going downhill. So it's, it's fair to think that. And that's where I guess it brings me to also the idea of, do you think it's, it is the right move to just stick with this platoon at third or see what those two guys can do or I know that it's a hypothetical the Matt Chapman things out right. there always. Right. And right. I'm just the guy that's in belief that I guess this is how I see it. I know that maybe he's going to be out of budget because I don't know, Scott Boris guy and the Mariners don't want to spend, but if he is somewhat in budget, I'm just the type of person that thinks you might as well go reach for it and do it because 
I would. I, I think his floor is good enough that he would probably, to probably in quotes, be better than the guys that we have right now at third. So like, and I don't care about the owners' pockets because they they do have right. enough money if they really right. wanted to spend. Right. Yeah. So the way that I look at it though is just from the front office's perspective purely. Right. And it's does it That's make fair. the most sense <laughs> to to go after Chapman with what you have left? Is it worth sacrificing, for example, the rest of your flexibility, the rest of what you can do? Like, you know, George, like you you talked about um on um the deadline right and wanting mm -hmm. to be able to do stuff at the deadline does signing matt chapman now keep me from being able to do something at the deadline because other things are going to crop up over the course of the season right right yeah. things that you don't that you think are set in stone right now might not be three months down the road and you might have mm. to adjust right so that's true if you're confident enough that you can get like a two and a half win season out of Luis Arias and Josh Rojas platooning over at third base. And even if you're the high man on Matt Chapman and you think he's a three win player, four win player, like he's been the last couple of years is sacrificing the rest of your flexibility worth that potential one and a half one, win. Yeah, yeah. One and a half win upgrade. Right. Right. So that's, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Look, if they, if John Stanton had a change of heart, and he's willing to give Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander more money, or he's willing to make an exception on top of the money that they already have, whatever, right? As long as they're guaranteed to have more flexibility down the road, as long as they're guaranteed the ability to do more down the road, great. Sign Matt Chapman. Totally. Totally on yeah, board right. with that. But just knowing what they probably have at their disposal and the fact that it would probably eat up the rest of their flexibility... I'm hesitant. Uh, I'm very, yeah. very hesitant. And also, it's not just a 2024 thing either, right? Because if they give Chapman a, you know, a, a longer-term deal, two-, three-year deal, and payroll isn't going to go up next year and the year after that, am I going to have to make another Jared Kelnick type of trade? Yeah. And don't you know, forget, because... we still have a lot of guys coming up that are going to need contract extensions within Almost years. every pitcher we have and yeah. Cal Raleigh. Well, Cal Raleigh. And, and, and guys yeah. are going to, and guys are just naturally going to get more expensive via arbitration. So, yeah. you know, you know, if the presence of Matt Chapman long-term, both short-term and long-term is going to um, not allow me to do things at the deadline to go get better, or it's going to force me to get worse because I have to free up money because of the presence yeah. of his contract. I'm probably out uh, because I just there, there's a lot of red, fl red flags with him. He's obviously yeah. a really good defender still. He's not elite, though, at least by the defensive metrics. Now, the, the mm -hmm. metrics are kind of shaky and all over the place. They're not perfect. Like yeah. uh, they're, they're nowhere near as refined as hitting metrics. But he went from being like plus 17 outs above average at third base a couple of years ago, which is insane to like plus one in 2022 plus four which is still above average but it's not elite so i i totally get why people want the better defense but is that worth 15 20 million dollars a year as, and being handcuffed a, like at yeah. the trade deadline and maybe in the future that's yeah, that's and, a and, that's the hard and, part and then after that after the d defense stuff um offensively you know he was the al player of the month in april and then he was and garbage. He was garbage, <laughs> yeah. like like legitimately garbage, like 84 WRC plus from that point forward. And that's in spite of a really, really good July. 
I think it was like a 150 WRC plus in July or something like that. And his overall WRC plus from May onward was still 84, which is terrible. And let's not forget, I mean, there's a reason he's still a free agent, right? I mean, I think people, one of the things I would say is, okay, we've waited this long. There might be a discount coming, but I don't think Scott Boris is into the discount game anyway. So I don't think there's going to be a fucking discount anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they're holding I, off. Until I think. Get the I money. think. I think at a certain point, right? I, like, I just can't imagine Matt Chapman is going to be cool with going into the season unsigned. Because I mean, look, we're in March now, right? Yeah. And like the the other thing too, right? Is like we know how important having a full spring training is. So you're signing this guy, and obviously the Mariners are notorious for starting out slow. Now you're <laughs> bringing in a guy who might very well be your second highest paid offensive player. Or but you know, but third. you just said he had a good April last year, so maybe actually <laughs> right. we should sign yeah. Matt Chapman because yeah. <laughs> right. we can't start right. good anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, that goes both ways, but like. Yeah, do you really want, you know, your second or third highest paid offensive player getting off to a to a slower start or you know not being able to have as much runway uh as some of your other players? So there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's a really complicated situation and I don't think it's as black and white as it's being made out to be right now yeah. uh in the fandom. Uh it's a very complicated situation and even, you know, even being the high man on on Urias, I actually do well you know, now that the stuff has come out from Ryan Divish that he's, you know, possibly shown up to camp overweight and stuff like that. Like that's not, he looked a little big rounding second yesterday. Right. And then there's, (laughs) there's the issues with the shoulder and everything. I totally get it. I know everything. I know a lot about shoulder issues, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but even then I, I still, I I still feel like they'll at least get two wins out of that position this year. I don't know exactly how that'll look, but I, I, even if it's Dylan Moore and Josh Rojas, we know that Dylan Moore can really hit lefties. And Rojas, they made a tweak with his swing once they traded for him. And he's starting to hit uh, a lot better to his pull side. He's starting to lift the ball more. We saw it today uh, against the Rockies. He had a home run to his pull side. So I think they might have figured something out there. And I think Rojas against righties, more against lefties, if that's what it ends up having to be, I think that's fine. Yeah. It could all work. You're in the belief that it all could work out essentially for what yeah. it is for like for yeah. what it's supposed to be well and yeah, again it's... when the well the, when the alternative might you know hamstring you quite a bit yeah. in other areas both short term and long term i just i think i'm more willing to take that bet on urias rojas more etc than than chapman but again if they have more money if they have more money than 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 we think yeah, and yeah. They, it could be a very be different combo money. well yeah and, and like let, let, and let's get it straight here like you said right like they have the money Right, like yeah. ownership has has the money to do it, and if the the if the front office really wants Matt Chapman and they think they're he's like the final piece to really finish this thing off before we get into the season, John Santon should write that check. But I just don't think that he will. And so working within the, yeah. the realm of reality here and what we know right now, I just I don't know if I'm I'm willing to to sacrifice everything for for Chapman. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and I I mean. You never know, too, with how hitting is in Seattle and his hitting kind of going downward last year. It could be, right. it could be something that's not worth it for us. And I mean, that's that's the other thing. I think you know, I really like the move in the offseason for Santos too. And I think you know, you mentioned that earlier. There is a certain point, maybe as the front office and as a team, you look at this and you say, you know, our hitting is what it is right now. In any ways, it's going to be hard to hit in Seattle the first couple months. 
let's just stack this pitching staff up as much as possible and get an inch out wins. Kind of two years ago, we made the playoffs. How many one run wins were there? Just (laughs) all over the place, right? Let's just inch it out as much as we can. And then once the, the weather changes, the bats get a little bit better. Hopefully we'll be decent on the road. And if it's enough, it'll be like, it can be enough. We saw it two years ago, be enough. Um, and you know, the, yeah. it worked out in the second half of the season, even last year, there was a certain point. I think it was last year, you know, we were tied for, was it at, at the mid August or whatever? We were tied for first in the AL West after mm-hmm. being back 10 games again. So maybe if the pitching's just good enough, you can do that same routine we've been up to, which is find a way to win enough games in the beginning of the year with pitching. And then, yeah, then we'll see. And then you guys both made the good point. Then trade deadline. If we're not handcuffed at the trade deadline, maybe then you go get a piece and sure. see what happens. So hmm. it feels good. I mean, I'm, fe- I'm feeling all right so far about the season. I mean, that's the, like, I'm feeling much better now than I did in, you know, early December. I, I think example. they're, I think they're in a really good spot, especially all yeah. things considered. I think they're in a really good spot. Um, I think they're better than they were at the the end of the season. Um, I think they're definitively better than they were last opening day. Um, and, you know, you look around the American League and just the rest of Major League Baseball in general, and you look at what other teams have done. I think the Mariners are, are one of the best teams in the American League right now. Um I think they're better than the Rangers, especially because that, that pitching staff is the great equalizer of everything. Because yeah. this is, especially, you know, because Otani is not going to pitch for the Dodgers this year. I think this is the best rotation in baseball with the Mariners and the yeah. bullpen has, I mean, you know, we got some good news on Matt Brash today, it seems. Yes. So if he is able to <laughs> get back at some point, I think this could be the best bullpen in baseball as well. Um, and that was, you know, that was kind of the thing that I looked at this off season where, you know, this market wasn't going to be particularly good for hitters. You don't have a lot of money to 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 play with, uh, you know, in general. Why not? Can I can I swear on this? Of course. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Why not build the fuck you bullpen? Why not build the fuck you yep. rotation? Right? <laughs> Where it's just like, you know, all right, Matt, uh, uh, George Kirby got us the sixth inning. Fuck you. We win. Yeah. Right? That's it. There's no, yeah, yeah. we're not losing yeah, this like, one. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> yeah. So. No, and you know, and, and Santos Brash said, and Nunez. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and with everything you said, like, you know, it's kind of funny because I feel like the anticipation, the excitement from overall the fan base, maybe not, you know, people who are in, in it like you every single day, but overall the fan base is much more tame this com- upcoming opening day than it was last opening day. Last year, I felt like everyone was ready to plan a parade after the season and that they were yeah. going to win the World Series after a playoff uh, push the year before. But I think this year, j- without those expectations from the fans, I think the pressure might... I don't, And I don't know if pressure came onto the players, but I think it'll be much more relaxed April and May versus last year where it felt like right at the beginning of the season, this team was pushing towards something bigger and then it was a huge disappointment and then as soon as that the all-star break ended and everyone thought we were done and the players were relaxed all of a sudden we you know we're on fire sure yeah Yeah, because i mean last year did start with scott services 2023 win it all on the whiteboard i mean it was like a it was like a they were going into this year saying you see what we did last year like if it wasn't the walk-off by Jordan and we won a game against Houston, maybe we're gonna take the next step and be in the next round and then 
it was kind of a disaster. This year, I feel like it definitely is more tame. Where it's it's not you're not going to get a promo of Scott Service writing 2024 no. win it all World Series no. champs. I think they're going to be a lot more just focused on baseball and not about the hype of what's to come this year. Yeah, no, I think they're they're very much about their business this year. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a more serious tone right now we're seeing uh, out of camp, and I think in general, kind of you know after the um, the presser, right it's pretty clear they've made um, an effort to not be in front of cameras and microphones <laughs> as much this off season. Like we've hardly heard, yeah. we've hardly heard from Jerry until like yeah. the last three weeks. They put Justin in front of a microphone a little more times, right? Than, yeah. Like, like a, Jerry a couple that. more times, but even then, like it hasn't really been that much. Like, yeah. you know, a trade would happen or, a, you know, signing would happen and we'd get like the little press release, but there wasn't a, you know, a radio appearance afterwards or anything like that. Yeah. So I think that's a conscious effort by the organization. Um, and I, I think they're, they're trying to, you know, create less headlines and just focus on ball right now, which is, uh, which is good, which is probably what they should be. Yeah. Doing right yeah just the fact that you called it yeah. the presser and we knew what we, we were all oh, talking yeah. about <laughs> it. Yeah, it like is. that, I think that's going to be uh, known in Mariners history now forever as the presser. You know, I, I just wonder what Jerry's feels about it though. Like now, like at this point, cause like, you know, sometimes as a, as a human being, you say things and you think it's going to come off as like smart. Yeah. You think it's going to come off as like, this made sense. I wonder if he just sits at home and like when he sees like people talk about it, he's just like, God damn it. I didn't even fucking yeah. mean it that way. You know, like now I can't yeah. even, now the boss said to keep me off the radio. <laughs> like, yeah. Jer- I wonder Jerry- how he feels. Jerry, Jerry's biggest flaw uh, is that he gets a little too much into like baseball theory and stuff like that, which like yeah. even the 54% thing, if you really dive into it, I understand it, but it's like, yeah, no it can make sense. To, yeah. No one wants <laughs> to hear that. No, especially after like, especially immediately after you had a very disappointing season, the, you know, the off season, which was heavily criticized did not pan out for you guys at all. Um, yeah. You know, just no one wants to hear that. I, I, all people wanted to hear was, "We fucked up. Here's how we're going to make it better, right?" Or we, or you know, maybe he's not going to lay out his, you know, f- his plan for the off season, but like time to get to work. But here we but, go. <laughs> but we're going to get better. We're going to make this right. Which, yeah, you know, actions speak lo- speak louder than words. And when you look at what they did this off season from that point forward, especially from from the Kelnick trade onward, was, I mean, look at the rest of the league. A lot of, you know, the, the mayors are far from the only team that's been hamstrung by their, their ownership groups um, because of the, yeah, you know, I mean, the especially TV deals with and all the that TV stuff. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and everyone's there. And a lot of teams, so, you know, in that position have gone, well, we don't have any money, so I guess we're just going to run it back. And the Mariners, <laughs> yeah. on the other hand, and Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander, on the other hand, have gone, fuck that. We, we got to get better by any means necessary like we got to figure this thing out like it's not working like we we have to we we just have to find a way to maneuver this and so again i i don't really know how they could have maneuvered it any better given the restrictions placed upon them yeah well i agree i like the optimism too yeah well (laughs) i think this was kind of uh jerry and justin getting their swagger back a little bit you know like 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 because they were making making their moves left and right a couple of things you didn't uh you didn't anticipate like the santos move and you're like oh interesting yeah and again like adding some depth like blake hunt samad taylor just you know some upside or you know and and being able to push guys further down the list you know it's just 
I, I really like this roster build. It's so weird that of all the off seasons, <laughs> this was the off season that I think this is my favorite Jerry Depoto roster build and is whatever it's been now, eight years, nine years that he's been here. It's it's it is a very it, I I saw the the laugh mid saying it which was it is an odd year to say this is maybe my yeah. favorite year of an off season because it started yeah. so just in chaos yeah, and it was coming yeah. off a of disappointment and and it didn't it took till Christmas Eve till like the first like real move was made I felt right I think Garver was the first real move on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve yeah yep. and that was like the it took a while and it was like so chaos so much chaos but I I kind of agree with you there's a odd feeling that things are moving in the right direction, even though there's a lot you could point to. Maybe I understand both sides always, right? As a Seattle Mariners fan, if somebody tells me they don't believe in it, I there's some, some part of me that always doesn't really fight back. It's been a pretty bad 22, 23 years. You know, like it's, I, I get it. It's, it's, you're not supposed to believe there was a certain point. I remember last year, me and George, like in the beginning of the year, we were just kind of like, all right, you know what? Like, this is just what it is. Like, fuck it. We're not going to be good. That's just how it works. You know, like mm-hmm. it's easy to give up as a Mariners fan and say it's not going to work. But at the end of the day, there is something about this offseason that I also I agree with you that I think they've kind of found a way to piece it together. And I, you don't always want your ball club to be just a team that has to piece things together. But that's our situation. And I think we're doing it in the in a decent way possible. So and I, sure. I think there's there's some good things coming, I believe. And I, I hope not to to be disappointed again. So, yeah. I mean, it, it could go goal. sideways. Yeah. You know, again, we talked about the injury stuff and it could definitely go sideways, but yeah. um, I think it was nice to at least see that the front office believes in this team. Right. Cause again, yeah. like they didn't have to make the Santos trade, but they did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, they didn't have, to, you know, there was that time. I'm sure you guys remember on, on Twitter not too long ago before they acquired Polanco, where we were talking about, you know, Whit Merrifield could be like a, a nice off season mm-hmm. topper for this mm-hmm. roster, which, yep. but, and then they went out <laughs> and they got an all-star second baseman. Right. Yeah. Like from that point forward, they made probably their, you know, arguably their two best moves of the entire off season with, with Polanco and Santos. So it was nice to see after the way that this, this off season started, uh, that they they do believe in this team that they that at least someone higher up believes in them and is supporting them and is trying to, their best to support them and also you know kind of an underrated aspect of this offseason that we've heard a little bit about recently um the fact that you know scott service has made sure to keep in contact with guys and and yeah. keep them in the loop and mm-hmm. you know try and explain like hey this is what we're doing i think that's very very important and that's not something that we've now, I, you know, who knows? Maybe this is something that they've done more and they just haven't really talked about uh, in past years, but we haven't really heard, uh, uh, you know, stuff like this in, in past yeah. years that, you know, Scott Service went down to the Dominican <laughs> and went fishing with Luis Castillo. Like, that's yeah. that's the kind of stuff that you need to do, especially after an off season like this. It doesn't sound too bad, though, like to go down to Dominican and go fishing. Oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you should have been doing that. I'd love anyway. to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> but yeah, he did he did do the the whole tour, right? He went to Florida to see Julio and I think he went yep. and saw Cal and he, he was going and seeing people everywhere to kind of just talk to him about the season and ensure, you know, things are good. And I think that's that is a nice piece of this. And it does feel like and with the whole I remember the story that Julio told upper management in the front office, whatever, that he doesn't want them to trade Bryce or Brian Wu and like keep the young pitching core together and 
I think with all these moves to keep that pitching core together was a nice touch of it all, right? Where it's like, okay, we did make those moves like Polanco and getting Santos and getting, you know, signing Garver earlier in the off season there. And like it, it, we did all those, but like, we're still looking at George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu. And like, yeah. that's, that's a nice feeling that, cause I was almost a hundred percent certain if we were going to make some upgrades this off season, one of those guys are gone. Same. I was, same. I was certain. Same because you know, again, you, you know about their financial restrictions. It's like, are they going to even be able to be involved in free agency in general? And so, you know, and also just the market in general sucked. It was terrible for hitters yeah. this year. So it's like, okay, the most logical thing here is you have pitching excess, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Um, go out and trade for a bat or a couple of bats, right? Um, so the fact that they, they were able to hold on to that pitching because, you know, the names that were getting thrown out there, for Miller, for Wu, you know, talking about like some of the Orioles prospects. All right, cool. I like those guys, but like, are they actually going to help me in 2024? It's no guarantee yeah. of that. Um, you know, they might help me down the road, but as far as like this season goes, who knows? You know, Isak Paredes. Okay. Paredes is coming off of a great year, but there's some batted ball data that suggests that T Mobile Park might not be a great fit for him. So it's mm. kind of a red flag for me. Um, and so you just kind of go down the list and it's like, there isn't really a perfect fit here. Randy or Rosarena, yeah. love the Randy, love the Randy idea, love Randy as a player in general, but three years of club control for a young starting pitcher that might already be, you know, a mid rotation guy mm. uh, as, as things stand right now. I'm good. Like, that's not yeah. like, that's not really like that. The, the value isn't really lining up there for me. So, and at the end of the day, it was like, all right you do really need offense like obviously and your pitching is great as is and even if you subtract one of those guys your your pitching is still in a great spot but if you do swap out a pitcher for a hitter is your roster overall that much better like your offense is better but is your roster yeah. specifically better no i would say no, no. i think having one yeah. thing that you're like fucking good at like yeah. really damn good it's yeah. better than like getting a little better in one spot, right? Like right. reducing have, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just like you said, just have that pitching staff and bullpen be lights out and you know, bass will figure out later. <laughs> like yeah. I know it sounds simple, but like, yeah, let's have the best fucking pitching in major league baseball. They'll yeah. figure yeah. out the rest. Yeah. 100%. I think it's, it's a good point. Like if you can get, you know, obviously it's not going to be every single night, but you get six oh, and innings at, out sorry, of your pitch. And at team and at T-Mobile park. Yeah. yeah. That's the, uh, <laughs> other big thing too yeah you, to th this is this is where the place where you want as you said was it the fuck you bullpen or the fuck you pitching right like mm -hmm. this is the place where you want your starters to go six innings every night and then you just have a bullpen that's going out there and every team says ah damn like we're, yeah. we're probably done tonight and yeah. you have that over and over and over again i'd rather have that on a nightly basis than to diminish some of that to upgrade a little bit Mm. at the like mm. at, at on one side of the ball so i do I, I like that theory i agree i like it well i have one one big question for you all right i shoot. want like a i want like a uh your biggest what, what's the best way to ask it the, your biggest like prediction kind of an out there prediction of the year for a player for a for the team like just something that's like your kind of outlandish prediction so i predicted this last year and I put money on it in Vegas. <laughs> I, I was in Vegas for my brother's wedding uh, right before opening day. 
So I was like, screw it. Oh, nice. I'm here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I said George Kirby Cy Young. And I I was close, to be fair. I was fairly close. It was he, fairly close. He was good. He was really good. Uh, I think he finished top ten Cy Young voting, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember exactly, but screw it. Let's double down. George Kirby, Cy Young. I know a lot of people are talking about Julio MVP. Why not both? Parlay. Why not both? Why not, <laughs> why not both? Absolutely. Why not both? Um, I, I, think I, I'm I like actually, the parlay there. I think I'm actually leaning Bobby Witt for, for MVP right now. But but <laughs> I, Julio, could obvious, Julio could obviously win. Julio sure. obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I w- would chance. not be surprised, and I would absolutely love that. I'm absolutely rooting for that. But I think this is the year George really takes that step into being one of the few true aces in major league baseball i thought that was going to be the case this this past year i jumped the gun a little bit but i i think this is the this is the year that it happens and you know george had to go through some hurdles over the past year that i think were necessary for him because things were coming a little too easy for him for the most part uh in his first you know year or so at the major league level but then like you know the tampa thing happened where he spoke out and all that and i think he he needed to Mm. Maybe it was necessary for him to go through some of these things in order for him to take that next step forward. So uh, I, th- I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see that happen this year, and I think George Kirby, American League Cy Young, twenty twenty four action. I like it. I- I'm gonna go with the parlay of with Julio MVP. That'd be a nice payout, probably. Love it. Yeah, love that. Love that. <laughs> and love that. and you might as well just keep parlaying it over with AL West and World Series champ. Yeah. I think that you get yeah. probably plus plus forty five thousand yeah. or something at that yeah. point if you parlay all four of us. Yeah. It wouldn't be too shabby. Are are you a big uh, Ty France fan? Same name. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Well, he he's Tyler, so he's a fake Ty. I'm just Ty. Like uh, it's no, oh, it's not right. short so for you're anything. Not Tyler. No, okay. no, no. It's just it's it's not short for anything. So like on the birth yeah. certificate, Ty. <laughs> yeah, it's just Ty. It's Ty. Okay. Uh, but so... not like Ty Hilton, just Ty. No, just no, Ty. No. Yeah. T-Y. Why? T. Why? Uh, it's not showing up here on Riverside, but yeah, uh, yeah. So um, I like Ty. Um, you know, we know what he is at his peak, at his hundredth percentile. He's an all-star caliber hitter, and you know, I, I know a lot of people are very excited about him going to Driveline, but Driveline isn't this magical fantasy lane where everyone it feels just like it becomes. Yeah, no, it, uh, especially after you saw what happened with JP, and like all of a yeah. sudden he's hitting twenty bombs and all this stuff. Like, yeah, like for sure. Um, but I had my buddy, Ben, uh, Ben Ranieri, uh, the sea level Substack on our show, uh, just the other day, uh, he, uh, has some connections over at driveline and was talking about, you know, what France was working on, uh, this off season. And it's exciting, man. Like he's, he's legitimately added three to four miles per hour bat speed. Um, he's starting to drive the ball more to his pull side, you know, um, I don't think it's a slam dunk that it's all going to come together right away because I mean, he's literally changing the way that he's hitting, you know, the, the way that he's yeah. hit for the rest of his life, you know? Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's going to click immediately for him, but I think he's made some legitimate changes. I, you know, Ryan Divish said, I believe on the lookout landing podcast that he, he realized that this was a, you know, that he, you know, he was faced with the reality that he might get non-tendered this past winter, and yeah. I think that might have been the kick in the ass that he needed to really, right. you know, figure things out because it it wasn't just this past year; it was also the second half of 2022 that he was really starting to struggle. And he was really doing some non-Tie France things, like chasing pitches outside of the zone, stuff like that. So, um, you know, we've already seen that he's visibly much slimmer 
this yeah. this spring and moving faster yeah moving a little faster i mean there's yeah. still you know <laughs> that's not really feel, saying too much i, I don't yeah. feel great about him on the base pass i'll say that but yeah um, it's still faster though yeah you gotta give the man I, credit it's just it's just so funny how how much shit he was talking about with his mlb the show speed rating last year and then yeah. <laughs> he was literally the worst base runner in all baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, so, um, but yeah, I, I think it's very possible for him to get back to to where he was. But you've also heard, you know, uh, Tanner Stokey, the director of heading over at Driveline, and Ty have said, you know, going to Driveline wasn't just about getting me back to what I was; it's about going beyond that, right? So. Yeah. I mean, if he can go beyond that, what does that look like? I think that's very exciting too. But it's going to be a big year for him because, especially you know, with how important money is right now to the to this front office, which you know, again, that's a whole another conversation. Mm-hmm. But with how important that is, if he has just another down year or just kind of an averageish year for a first baseman, he's probably getting non tendered this this upcoming yeah, that, winter. That's mm-hmm. why he's one guy that I think about a lot and for this roster, just because I mean it can be a completely different season if he's playing good. Uh, it could be a completely different roster in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if he's not playing good, it changes a lot also. And like you said, he's probably not going to be on this team <laughs> moving forward if he doesn't play well. And we're going to have a, another place to figure out what to do there. Like, I think, I think they really are banking on him making those improvements this year. That's a big part of us being successful. At least, Absolutely. at least him getting, being better than last year. At least I'm right. not saying he has to be, you know, a superstar, but he definitely well, needs I, to get back to some of the basics. Yeah, I, I do think like, like if he does um, if he does get back to what he was, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that that's a legitimate game changer for this roster. Yeah, oh, yeah. it is. Like, like it's uh, I think it would be a massive swing in the positive direction for them if, if they get a good tie France, because now when you look at this roster right now and again, a lot of injury risk and all that. But like France is what the sixth, seventh hitter in this lineup right now. Like, yeah, you get you know, and again, we know what peak Ty France can be. So if you get that guy or like 80% of that guy, you're in a really good spot. Yeah. That, that's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good seventh, seventh hitter to have if yeah. he's playing somewhat like he did in early 2022. Mm. It definitely, even if, changer. even if it's a little below that at, at, for the, your seventh hitter, it's not bad. Yeah. 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 Man, I'm excited. I'm just ready for some, you know, like I love, I I'm enjoying spring training, but there's a certain point, you know, at later in the game when you know, you got some players subbing in and out, it's fun, but it's not as, it's not the same, obviously as the, the regular season. I'm just excited yeah. for it to get started. Like same. this is a, it's, it feels like it's been a long, long time. Maybe, maybe cause I got used to like the couple extra weeks with the playoffs in 2022, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. this, this offseason feels extra long. Well, I mean, with everything that we just talked about, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was extra long. It feels it like it's been long. an eternity since yeah. this team was playing baseball games. So, yeah, it has been. I did see the other day on Twitter. You were you were because you live in Toronto. You were at the comeback game, right? In 2022. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I was at game oh, one man. as well. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. All right. I mean, think like look at it this way. Right. Mayor's fan my whole life. Grew up in Washington. Haven't been to to. Safeco or T-Mobile Park in like 15 years, right? I think the oh, last wow. game to to put things in perspective, last game, last Mariners home game I ever went to in person, Jared Washburn started. So wow, there you go. Wonder uh, what year that was. <laughs> yeah, it was like oh, it was like oh seven, oh six, they, yeah, they, they played against the Twins. Yeah, they were playing okay. against the Twins. 
Um, yeah, moved to New Mexico when I was 12. You know, bounced around quite a bit, and then eventually moved to Toronto. And of all the places for them to play their first playoff series in 2020 or in 21 years, uh, it, it was here. <laughs> like that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, my my nerves were through the roof. Um, thankfully, I went with a couple people from Mariners Twitter. So that was fun oh, uh, nice. to to actually experience it with another you know Mariners fan. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that atmosphere was nothing like I've ever experienced. Uh, it's pretty. It was pretty wild. Like game one was nuts. Uh, seeing just Castillo just absolutely shove was insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then that comeback. I mean, you know, Robbie's getting shelled. Teo hits a couple of homers off of him. Everyone's chanting, Robbie, Robbie, Rob. It was hell. And like everyone in my section was like, I could see people looking up ga- tickets to game three on their phone and all this mm. stuff. And then you're like, just, God the, damn it. <laughs> just watching that comeback unfold, the Carlos Santana home run that, that just kind of uh, started everything was just, that was nuts. And the celebration afterwards was insane. I can only imagine. I remember me and my brother, literally, I don't think we've ever done this before, but a full on both of us jump in the air and like he caught me in the air on a hug. And I was like, it's never happened before watching sports doing it. I've never jumped into his arms like that for anything. It was like one of those moments. It was, I think it was the Adam Frazier hit when I jumped into his arms. I was just like, Oh my, like this can't be real. Like I'm a Mariners fan. This isn't real. (laughs) Dude. I, okay. So when George Kirby came in to close things out, my knees were literally buckling. Like I literally like I was like fucking I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. I was like holding like, this on. Isn't real. The, I was holding on to the handrail. I like physically could not look up, like at the game. Like, <laughs> like I literally like, body's my, locked. Like I, I yeah I was just like looking down at my feet, legs shaking, and like just tell me what happens. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, it it's was tough. it was nuts. It was nuts. It was crazy, but dude, w- w- insane, man. Because like, all right, you know, you go through the emotions of like the end of drought, and that was obviously a very emotional thing. And yeah. then it's like, oh shit, that's right. We have to play baseball games in October. Yeah. Oh god, we didn't win the World Series. Yeah. It was oh, just, uh, oh, yeah, it was just making the playoffs. Like, oh god, that has to happen now. And it's like, I don't even know, like, because the last time they were in the playoffs before that, I was five years old, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Yeah. I have no idea what to expect. I've you know watched a lot of Seahawks games, a lot of Seahawks playoff games. That was you know those are nerve wracking and a lot of fun. Yeah. But what is this going to be like? And yeah, um, that was that was. I mean, I still get chills like walking past Rogers Center whenever I'm around yeah. there, like or driving by there. It's yeah, all the memories come back, dude. And that's not the only like those are not the only crazy very important in Mariners lore games that I've seen there. I was also there for James Paxson's no hitter. Oh, wow. Oh, that, so you've got, you've got every good game for a Mariners fan <laughs> in that stadium. Now, you know, they made another comeback uh, last year. Uh, I notoriously left I that I game. That. I, I notoriously left that yeah. game early because uh, yeah. it was, it was, it was my birthday and I had to go to a birthday dinner and like, we went to the first two games. It was terrible. I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm so over this. Like, yeah, I just, like, whatever, like, <laughs> like, I'm fine. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to go, let's go to the dinner. Like, I don't like, they're going to, I think they were losing like eight to three or something like that. And I was like, whatever. And like Tommy Lastello was playing that game. So I was like, there's no way this offense <laughs> like, this team's like, cooked. This team's <laughs> cooked, whatever. Yeah, and, and, uh, but yeah, no, they, uh, they came back and won that one, but yeah, I, I I haven't been able to escape the the shit that I get from leaving that game early. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, looks like you need to be at more Mariners games. 
That's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Me, me and George should be banned. We we have the opposite reactions yeah, from uh, my <laughs> fiance. She lives in Houston, so we were yeah. at the first two games in Houston yeah. after that series, and I cannot tell you the. The opposite emotion that I have yeah, watching. Opposite <laughs> results, too. Yeah. Emotions, yeah. man. All my yeah. friends after were like, you're not going to games anymore. Dude. Just like, don't go. Like the Robbie Ray walk-off, I can, I'll never forget because my head was down and I just heard. I couldn't look. And all I heard yeah. was, I heard just click, like, of the bat. And then I just hear, and like my seat started vibrating. And I was uh, like, there's no fucking way. And I, yeah. like, looked up and the ball is landing. Uh, and I'm that's like, brutal. That's and I got, brutal. like, so many cell phones in my face, like, my poor fiance uh, has her hand on my back, and then you know my uh, brother's sitting there with his hands, and I people with their cell phone like, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah bro, uh, and I'm like sitting there like, I, I want to jump off, I want to, yeah, I want to jump. Yeah, that's terrible. That's <laughs> terrible. And then I yeah. cried. Yeah, yeah, and he cried. I don't know. He Dude. cried like it was weird. He started tearing up. My fiance's like, "What's wrong with you guys?" And my brother's like, "I, I see my brother. He's so sad. Everyone's teasing him at the ballpark." <laughs> no, and felt, I'm like, "It was like an emotional roller coaster." I, like, uh, so I'm a little different of a sport watcher than most people who watch sports. I love sports, right? And I'm mm. this is what we do. I'm the I'm quiet. I never stand up. I never cheer. I'm very just like. Just locked in watching. Locked in. Like, you would never even know I care. It's like, like it's it's really like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but my brother's office, he's cheering and wearing his Mariners jersey, and I'm just yeah. sitting there the whole game like this, and the walk-off happened like this, and then, so he's getting all the cell phones in his face because he's been, like, yelling at all the fans <laughs> yeah. the whole game. No yeah. one even knows I'm there. I mean, I just yeah. start walking, and I just start crying. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, so... Um, you know, seawall. I, I forget exactly because I I blank I blocked that out of my memory. Seawall put a couple of runners on base, right? And they bring in Robbie Ray, and I was like, I I know exactly what's going to happen. You are not. <laughs> I know. I, I know exactly. I went downstairs, didn't have the game on, and I just stared at the wall for like You're thirty. Like, it's minutes. over. <laughs> I I didn't even like I didn't even confirm it, but I just I knew and like yeah, like my you wife, knew it was done. And Jordan was coming up. <laughs> yeah, my wife came down and she's like, "I'm sorry," and I'm like, "Yep, I'm, I already know." So so like, it I, did happen. Yes. Yeah 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 yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yep yep. I know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was. I I remember specifically looking at my fiance, and this was a weird moment for my fiance because she's born and raised in Houston, right? But mm. she understands. She, as she says now, she goes, I didn't know how passionate Mariners fans, like just by meeting me and my friends, like she is like, this is weird. Like you guys have been the worst team in baseball, but like you guys are like all our friends watch 162 are locked in like good year or bad year. And she's like, this is weird. Like it's for her, her family and friends, like in Houston, when they were bad, they were bad. Like no one cared. It's yeah. just like a very on and off relationship. She was like, she's so confused. I just remember looking at her when Robbie Ray came in. Same thing. I looked at her. I said, it's fucking over. Why are they doing this? I was like, oh no. I put my head down and I just felt the rumble of the chairs and the, the cheers. And I was just like, this, I was like, we knew this was going to happen, right? When he walked out, I was like, why is he coming in to, to close this out? Dude, dude. So, like, I had, you know, cause like lockdown's a daily thing, right? Like, we, that's the whole, the like whole five days thing a week, the, right? Yeah. The whole thing with the model, right? So, not only did I have to do a show right after that, they also wanted me to come onto their national show and talk about it. It's like a, it's like a player getting interviewed after a loss. Like I'm like, yeah, You're man, like, I, I it sucked. Know. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I don't know what else you want me to say. Like I'm, I, I, I literally want to die right now. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's literally like a player interview. Yeah, t- tough night. Uh, <laughs> on to the next yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. like, no shit, comment man, on want, Robbie Ray. What, like, what do you want me to say, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. You're like, I'm not breaking down all nine innings here. I am just, yeah. this is just, no. I'm I, just breaking down. It, it was down. tough. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I wish I was at the Toronto game. To be honest, not at uh, not oh, yeah. at was, not at the it was Houston a great time. Game. Yeah, dude, there were a lot yeah. of Mariners fans that came out for that too, because we were up on the 500 level. But uh, after they they won, dude, there was a ton of Mariners fans down at the first base line, and like Jerry was like shotgunning beers with people there, and all this. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's a good memory. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Uh, that was great. Yeah, that it's great. It's very different than a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the loss was, and I, I brought it on myself though. I mean, we were. We were on the second level on mm-hmm. row one, so like on the railing, mm-hmm. and we were up. What was it? I think like Julio had to. Cut, it was in the first inning. We went up on Verlander, right? It was up like three nothing, or it was a four nothing. I can't even remember exactly. Yeah, I was standing up like I was. I was declaring it's over for the <laughs> yeah, Astros. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. thought that shit was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't talking to anyone, but I was just Mariners jersey and hat, waving yeah, it, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. around. Like so, yeah. when when the collapse happened, I was a. Uh, public enemy number one like there was yeah, i literally yeah. looked at one lady i was like move the phone out of my face or i'm gonna smack it off the f- second deck like because she was like <laughs> she like stepped in front of me and was like ha, loser loser and i was like all right that's uh, enough like it's been two minutes yeah. like, I, I only had one bad experience of a fan there i literally was just having my cell phone i was taking a selfie right yeah. And I took the selfie, and this lady behind me had like three kids, and this is when they were down. Of course, she's like, yeah. "You don't fucking take pictures of my kids." I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> like I'm at a baseball game. Okay, like, I'm like, taking I'm a selfie. Picture. She's like, "I saw you do that. Show me your phone." I was like, "Show you my what the fuck are you, <laughs> what are you talking? fucking talking about?" And so she's yeah. like, "I saw you take a picture of my kids." I, was like, I took a selfie. She's like, "Yeah, my kids were in it." I'm like, "You're at a fucking baseball stadium." <laughs> yeah, dude. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you there, chief. Like, they like, could yeah. be on TV today too, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, yeah, and, and, and then she didn't care, I think, as much after they won. But you know, fans, yeah, yeah. Fan, fans will fan. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's life. Well, we really appreciate you coming on with Astros fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, they're they're not pleasant. They're not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, not, they're I, not. I also almost got I almost got a I almost got like a I don't even know killed in the parking lot. Do you remember that George game two? This was game two. Another loss. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm yeah. just walking in the parking lot. Some dude comes up. He's like, "Hey, Mariners fan, you trying to fight?" And I was like, "No, not really. Tough loss. Jesus not happy Christ. about it." And, I know. and then he's <laughs> he like, was, "I got he, people he, waiting." He, he, yeah, he he was he looked like someone who would fucking kill you. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was no joke. He was like, "I got my guys waiting. You want to get fucked up?" And I'm like, "Honestly, no. Like, I just said good game." And then like at some point, I thought he was joking. I'm like, "Man, what are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh, you want to know what I'm talking about?" And then like it was my fiance's uh, brother-in-law. He's like, "Get in the fucking car. This guy's not joking." And he's like, mm. "My my uh, fiance's brother-in-law is like in Astros gear, but he's like, get in the fucking car. This guy's not joking.'" And I was Jesus like, Christ. "I was like, what the hell?" He's like, "I got my guys," and I'm like, "Dude." You know what? Like this week was not for me in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. That sounds awful. Yeah. Sounds I'm flying home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was a rough two days. I wish I had your experience in Toronto instead, but maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll let you get going. I know it's it's late over in Toronto, so uh, we appreciate you coming by today. For real, yeah, it was a appreciate nice it, conversation. Guys. Yeah, no, thanks really enjoy this. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. Whenever you know you want me back. Let me know. I'll be here. Oh, we will. Sounds good, man. We will. Big season coming up. All right. We appreciate it, man. Go Ems. Take care.